Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello everyone and welcome to this very special episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Extremely delighted this week to be joined by a lovely guest, Selena Flavius. She is a London-based account, senior account exec who created and runs the coaching platform Black Girl Finance. She's also the founder of the Black Girl Finance podcast and the Black Girl Finance Festival. So a conversation with a colleague about investing and financial goals prompted Selena to research how women of colour fare when it comes to their money and finances and after reading the ethnicity pay gap statistics was determined to help women start thriving financially. After carrying out a mini survey about how black women respond to information about finances and doing a web design course she put her thoughts into action and launched her website and Instagram account in April 2019 to create a safe space for women to talk all things money. Black Girl Finance is Selena's first book and it was published by Quirkus Books in January 2021. Welcome Selena. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me guys. Thanks Verity and that intro and I can't believe um, it's almost like three years since the platform. I feel like 2020 has just flown by and like nothing registers from 2020. So I can't believe it's now mm. three years. <laughs> since I know, a lot, well, a lot achieved in that time as well. Yeah, it must be yeah. your soul's purpose and calling if you've just been able to create all of that in such a short amount of time. Totally, I, I, I do. It's my passion. It, it's what I love to do. Um, coaching women, talking about money is, yeah. It's, it's the dream job, basically, for me. Well, oh, amazing it, stuff. It definitely does sound like a dream job. And I was really lucky to have got a copy of your book. Um, Quirkus Books sent me a copy because they know I am all about women and money. I think it's a really important topic to get more women talking about money and being comfortable with money. Um, and obviously, as a black woman, I was particularly interested to see your take on this during the book. And just to get us going in this conversation, I think there will be some listeners who have chosen this episode because they currently are in debt and in your book girl and black girl finance you talk about two different ways you can tackle debt so like the the avalanche and the snowball method so just to get us going it'd be great for you to describe how those two different methods work um just to give people an idea of how they should start approaching tackling debt yeah no problem at all and I think that's um I wanted to add clear strategies in the black girl finance book because I feel like sometimes you can just feel like you are drowning in debt um you could be chipping away paying the minimum payment each month and you're probably looking at your credit card statement thinking well why is this balance not going down and it's because um there was some research and I've mentioned it in the book I think or I've mentioned it on the podcast episode before that shows that if you have like a three thousand pounds um credit card balance and you're paying it off at around you know 19 or 20 percent and just paying the minimum each month it can take up to 27 years to pay off that three thousand pound balance which is just mind-blowing and the reason being is if you are just paying off that that minimum uh, payment each month as you kind of keep on chipping away at it the amount that you have to pay as a minimum just shrinks so it just takes longer to tackle the debt um so it's like it's like the opposite of what you think would happen is happening um mm. so yeah it's really fascinating uh, to, to think and, and scary to think that it can take that long if you just pay the minimum so I wanted to add those strategies in the book so that if you are struggling with debt you've got a clear roadmap out of it so you mentioned the debt snowball and the debt um, avalanche and they are kind of similar strategy but just slightly different approach so with the debt snowball you kind of line up all of your debts from the smallest um it may be interest rate or it could be the amount that you owe um smallest interest rate to the highest um and what you would do next is you continue to pay minimum on all of the debts but that smallest amount you pay over the minimum amount so for example if the minimum amount due each month is like 40 pounds you'd pay 50 pounds or whatever you can afford over it and you just keep on chipping away at that smallest debt until that's paid and then you kind of roll up the amount that you've been paying towards 
um, that smaller step to the second smaller step and so on and so forth. And it's, it's like, that's why it's called like the snowball because you're kind of snowballing that debt um, that payment amount to the next smaller debt and then the next smaller debt and the next smaller debt. So you're kind of working through each debt um, in a strategized way. Uh, it keeps you focused. It, it makes it hopefully manageable. Um, it also means that none of all of your debts are being repaid. So without a strategy, what we tend to do is kind of focus on maybe the debt that's most urgent and ur or feels urgent and urgent because maybe um, that there's some sort of issue with it. So you might be being chased around it, for example. So the tendency would be if you get some money from somewhere or you've worked extra hard, you extra hard, you just throw all of that money onto that debt that's the most urgent. Whereas with a debt snowball strategy and also debt avalanche strategy, which focuses on the highest interest rate first or the highest amount of debt first, but it still takes that that um that same process. Um, you're paying minimum for all of the debts, but you're just paying over on the highest level of debt first of all the highest interest rate um like i say having a clear strategy whatever one you choose means that all of your debts get serviced in some way um and you are actually paying off the debts rather than panicking and throwing a lump sum on one debt and neglecting the others so i really wanted to include clear strategies in there so that if you are um, experiencing debt you you've got a, a roadmap out of it essentially Mm, that's really interesting I'm currently paying off debt and I'm currently um, playing with both those strategies to see which kind of works for me because is mm -hmm. it correct that the snowball is a bit more of a psychological one like you feel like you're getting through yeah. things quicker yeah, you're getting those quick wins. Yeah, yeah and it feels good and then I don't know it sort of spurs you on to continue like bringing in that money, working hard, not then spending that debt money on other things. And mm -hmm. whereas the avalanche may be, does it seem like the most practical in that you're really looking at the numbers and being like, well, then I'll pay less interest overall if I start chipping yeah. away. And Absolutely. So it may take a bit longer to get that very first, okay, this card is paid off because it's the highest yeah. um, interest rate. But equally financially it probably makes a lot more sense if you are in the, if you are in the financial position to use that strategy mm. um yeah if it's not going to put too much pressure on everything else that's going on with you um then yeah it, it makes a lot of financial sense because you're paying off the, the one with the highest interest rate first yeah so but yeah it takes a little longer to get that dopamine high from achieving that first yeah <laughs> credit definitely card yeah <laughs> well, I'm going to continue with them and see which which works for me but um so yeah I so as you know I'm, I'm quite open I, I have debt and so this is a, a really interesting episode for me as many of our listeners it feels like when we're in debt there's a lot of talk around budgeting and sort of stopping spending which can feel hard if you're someone who's in debt because you're probably naturally a spender who isn't good at budgeting so those things can be triggers I we we've mentioned it in a few podcasts but what about income what about bringing more income in like can you just go a bit into that conversation we always seem to talk about stifling our spending but how about maybe possibly bringing more income in yeah, absolutely. And again, in the book, there's a whole chapter related to side hustles and 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 using side hustles. And you know, bringing in extra income is a, is a great idea. Whether that just starts by maybe looking around your house and seeing what things there are that you no longer need, but are surplus to requirements, and um, you know, putting it on a, a market a, a marketplace of some sort. That's a good way to start. Um, and again, if it allows you to just add that additional payment towards something, you're not kind of lowering your you're not um, restricting your other areas of, of your finances and, and what you're doing in your life. Um, so it could be a good strategy. But yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking about, you know, there's a lot of talk around side hustles and um, extra income at this at this time. And I do feel I do feel like it's really, really valuable. Um, you know, because just just the way the past year has been with, with COVID and the, the impact on jobs. Um, it, it, it is quite important to have perhaps somewhere something that you can do if you need to create some extra income whether that's to go towards your debt or whether that's to um see you through a, a kind of a difficult financial period it, it's yeah really useful to be able to do mm, great, great. thank you well in the topic of debt um like I come from a very um I don't know like a mathematical sciencey 
that side of perspective of things. And I appreciate that there are debt can come in lots of forms and we class yeah. them as good and bad. And so actually, well, when we, most people think about debt, we talk mainly about like store cards and credit cards and like possibly loans. Whereas actually for some people, the debt they might have could be like a student loan or a mortgage. I've got both of them, for example, but mm-hmm. they they don't seem to be classed in the same conversation. So could you just explain a bit about how, I suppose we've got good debt and bad debt and actually debt, isn't a bad thing because I think also we can now get into a place where everyone's like oh no debt's really bad and it can be useful for us absolutely and those two examples that you gave just then you know um I have a mortgage you know I'd be a hypocrite if I said all oh, that was a terrible <laughs> thing um you know it puts you know a bit of security it's, it's a roof over my head um and you know I, I didn't when I wanted to get that mortgage I didn't have a lump sum you know I couldn't side hustle my way to getting a mortgage <laughs> at that time so you know or work you know work by way to, to get a mortgage or maybe I could have it just would have taken a long time but yeah so that's an example of good debt and obviously when it comes to student loans as well there are benefits to having that degree in terms of income um and so on and so forth so yeah I, I think there definitely is debate of what is a good debt what is bad debt you know there's lots of talk um about kind of leveraging debt to perhaps um put you into places that you might not be able to so for example there are a lot of people that talk about you know property deals and all of that kind of stuff and leveraging debt for that um i guess it's an individual it's very much an individual thing as well because some people um we'll have a, a you know if we, we're all different we all have different levels we may all have different levels of debt but if I am if for me it's it's unaffordable then it's going to be unaffordable but if, if for you it's absolutely fine it could be the same levels but everyone is different when it comes to debt and and equally people's personality type when it comes to spending and and and, and things like that um again can be very very different so getting into debt because you are you know, kind of a bit of a spendaholic is, is, is not necessarily a good thing, but perhaps getting into debt to achieve a, a goal, to start a business, to to do something that's going to reap some sort of reward, whether now in, in the short term, medium or long term, it, you know, again, that probably is classed as good debt. So I think there is definitely a debate to have um, at this time as well with COVID and everything that we've been through, um, the financial uh, the FCA did a they do a life survey or financial life survey each year and they did an extra survey at the end of last month uh, to to kind of figure out the impact of COVID on people and they are seeing that a lot of people particularly from a black Asian minority ethnic background um, are more likely to report being um, overly indebted so the the financial resilience um, that they have whereby they may may be over indebted and not have that much savings to rely on and also the instability when it comes to jobs seeing an increase in in people from black asian minority ethnic backgrounds who are are reporting that um, kind of low levels of financial resilience so again like i say you know debt may be okay in some instances and some circumstances but not okay in others so yeah I think there's definitely a debate to be had around good debt and and bad debt. You mentioned leveraging debt in that that discussion then and I think there'll be some people who have no idea they're listing what that means could you just talk a little bit more about what it means to leverage debt? Yeah so there's there's things that people do particularly and, and I hear it a lot when you know if I attend any kind of like property investing seminars so you know right off the bat you might not have um you know, £20,000 or £30,000, however however much it is to be able to kind of, you know, have your deposit to get on a property ladder. But equally, you might still want to be involved in that property investment world. And, you know, there's this thing around, um, you know, people clubbing together um, to perhaps be part of a, like a property deal, for example, you know, people coming together and, and, and creating a property, you know, buying into a property of some sort, Um and yeah, just maybe taking it. So leveraging debt might be, I guess, you taking a credit card and, and putting your your hand in um, to try and get a reward at the end of that whole process. So, so I just mentioned that just because you know there are different ways of thinking about it. And I remember being on a, a seminar around property and, and someone really mentioning the fact that no, actually, you can leverage debt to to get some outcome. Um, I'm not I'm not suggesting it for everybody, but um, you know there are people having that kind of conversation around leveraging debt. So it's this idea of you would take debt out with a purpose to be 
in investing it somewhere else or using it somewhere else and you hope that the gains from that are going to outweigh the amount of interest you've got to pay back on the um original debt yeah. you're taking out basically essentially yeah okay mm, it's a it's an interesting conversation as someone like in debt there is this tendency to feel every debt is bad and it's yeah. trying to build rebuild that relationship isn't it because I don't have a mortgage I have student loans and so I want to in however many years have a mortgage and and see it as a good thing see it as mm. this is a beautiful home that I'm building and, and things like that rather than be scared of it you know which I think yeah. some people who've been in debt can be it can feel quite heavy so it's really interesting what you said there yeah and I think it's really important to remember the debt can be valuable you know I took out £10,000 to do my master's and that was a literally a month after I finished my master's every month I remember £369 like I was like that's what I've got to get paid back and it was you know I, I graduated at a time after my master's but then I still didn't get a job and it was scary to have that amount of money but I did take out that loan hoping that it would help my future potential earnings so yeah. de- I definitely don't think is always bad I think it's um we do need to think about the purpose for it um, yeah and realize that yeah we can have debt isn't a bad word but you can have bad debt and you can have good debt basically <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. totally definitely and and I think um very to your point of how it makes you feel as well I think again you know thinking about that and, and being aware of how it makes you feel and, and it, it's super important as well because there's a lot of shame around debt as well which doesn't mm-hmm. get spoken about which you know, if you're feeling shame around debt, you might not talk to anyone about it. I mean, I relay that in the book. It's something that I experienced. The fact that I was in debt, um, didn't speak about it to anybody. And I'm from a big family of, you know, sisters. I've got a twin sister, an older sister. I used to live in a house with my older sister. And whilst I was kind of struggling with debt, I didn't speak to her about it at all. Um, so it, it can feel really lonely. You can feel like you're the only one experience this, experiencing that. And I just want to assure people that, number one, you're probably not the only one experiencing um, anxiety and stress around debt number two I'd encourage uh, people to talk to somebody about it particularly if it's at a really um, difficult stage which sometimes it, it does happen sometimes um, you need to reach out to creditors or if you are being you know maybe your home is at risk and you know if you if it gets to that stage you need to speak to somebody and there are charities such as you know systems advice bureau um money and pension service step change that i definitely encourage you to speak to them you'll feel better you'll know your rights as well they can tell you about your rights and one of my jobs is to remind people when when I, particularly if they are experiencing debt that you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know organizations financial um organizations well you're not going to be the first person they have that they have spoken to who has experienced debt so it's not going to be a first time conversation for them um number one number two they'll have things in place and systems in place you know whether it's just arranging a, a repayment plan for you um and so on and so forth there's things that can be done and number three is just a reminder that you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity and fairness as well um you know that that's that's a given so if you feel like you aren't being I would use my um use your powers of complaint just just to highlight the fact because I think um just with the with us being so vulnerable at this time people some people are experiencing debt or financial insecurity that they've never experienced at all um you know there, there are things in place you still need to be treated with dignity respect and care and um you know be given a solution that that kind of works for you works for the organization as well it's a two-way thing but um definitely encourage people to make that call and still be mindful that even if you have gotten into debt for whatever reason you still deserve to be treated um with dignity and, and respect um yeah. so yeah I think that's a really important point and I have just been going through the motions of ringing banks and discussing things and actually I will say that I have been trapped so much better than I was assuming I would be. Yeah. I've, I've got through to specialist teams who have tra- yeah. talked to me with empathy and compassion. Um, 
not necessarily there's been solutions sorted, but that's when people like Step Change come in because then you can just talk to them very unbiasedly. And what we'll do is we'll make sure we pop any charities, anyone that can help you uh, with that first conversation in the show notes, because um, hopefully, you know, what I would recommend is being someone in that position is we need to start talking and that can be the hardest thing to do (laughs) but it's just it feels like you start getting your power back a bit with it doesn't it so um, we will definitely pop um, some things in the in the show notes around that I just want to move into a bit more of your core of of what you do Selena so when I was researching for this interview um, I was looking at the pay gap that exists between black women and white women um, Mm -hmm. and there was an article in the metro And it says that according to the findings of the race disparity audit, one in five children in black households live in persistent poverty. And for those who aren't in poverty, systematic inequalities mean that there are limitations on earning and progression potential, which all increases the risk of falling into debt and make it harder to get out of. So I imagine that you have explored this a lot within the work that you do. And I just wondered for any black women that are listening right now, what advice do you give um, to them if they're struggling with debt? And if what I've just read out there, like really hits, hits a chord with them? Yeah. So again, I think what you said is really you're absolutely right previously um around talking to these organizations that will be able to tell you your rights and and Mm. and I I think that's super super important because I feel like sometimes we can navigate these these waters feeling really um stressed apologies um need to have my notifications feeling really stressed about it feeling really disempowered so um speaking to those organizations that will help you to understand what your rights are what to expect um like you said, I think I feel like it gives you back your power. Um, even just speaking to me might may give you back your power because you know anyone that comes to me and has a conversation, I want you to feel empowered. I don't want you to feel like, regardless of the the financial situation, you deserve to be treated well. You do deserve to know your rights um, and know what to expect. And equally, it's it's important to remember what's going on now. You know it. it I think there's a myth when it comes to, you know, getting into debt and, you know, obviously debt can have an impact on credit score and and so on and so forth. But it's it's also to reiterate that that kind of rock bottom place is, 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 it's just, it's just a one time, it's a temporary place. You know, there's always room to, to, things will get better. I guess that's my point. I should say things will get better. You know, if, if things are really low, the only way you can go is up. So, and, and, you know, once you start, once you've got something agreed, whatever it is, it could be an IVA, it could be uh, consolidating your debts or, or whatever the case may be. But once you've made a decision and have got something in place, you tend to feel better, number one. Um, you tend not to make the same mistakes again, number two. So going forward, you're probably better at handling the money um, than you maybe previously were. Um, and, and number three, things will improve. So you will see your credit score improve as well, which has a big impact on, you know, things that you can afford, your affordability for things such as, you know, getting on the property ladder or, you know, taking out a mobile phone contract or, or, or you know, just the options improve as you get better. You know, the only way is up basically from there. Um, so it's just to remind people, that as well Mm. yeah that's no that's super important and I think like you say you learn you know like um you definitely learn as as you go and you you can get frustrated you can look back and think I'm a smart woman why did I make all those errors and mistakes and and I think you've just said then about how you deserve to be trapped you know, like a respected human being. And and I think we sometimes forget that in debt because this is so heavy and we feel like it's all our fault. And yes, it is. We're we're the ones who spent on the credit cards, but there's so, there's so much more to that. Um, And And there's a lack of financial literacy as well. We're not taught about how to do things in school. We're not taught how to, you know, look at your pay slips necessarily. You're not taught how to 
to do the budgeting or the saving or the investing. Um, these are things that we have to kind of go out and learn ourselves. Um, you know, I talk a lot in the book about the fact that I grew up in a Black Caribbean background. You know, my mum came over here, fended for herself, got herself on the property ladder, which is an, an amazing example mm. to me. But when it came to conversations around money, conversations around salary negotiations, which we need to be having and, and doing more of, we need to be negotiating our salaries, making sure we're doing research, making sure we're asking for what we're worth um particularly if you are female and particularly if you are from a black asian minority ethnic background as well um so yeah we're not taught to do these things or i wasn't taught let me not i shouldn't generalize but that's been the feedback as soon as i launched black girl finance people would come to me and say oh yeah you know i didn't really know that i needed this but yeah and even when they once they've read the book they're like yes i'm similarly from a background whereby money conversations don't exist so we need to be um you know forgive yourself because these strategies aren't taught to us that i guess that's my, my ultimate point um yeah. and number two you know things will will get better and things will be okay Hey, it's Sherelle here and I'm quickly popping in to make sure that you know that this is episode two of our Figuring Money Out mini-series. If you haven't listened to episode one, that is all about budgeting and then we have three more episodes coming your way. So if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe right now so you don't miss the future episodes. We're super excited about creating this series because we wanted to not only get financial experts to share their best advice to help our listeners, but we also wanted to help normalise the idea of talking about money. So if you are finding this episode useful, please, please share it with a friend. And if you're worried about bringing up the issue of debt, just mention the mini series as a whole. As well as talking to your friends about money, we want you to talk to us too. We know that talking about debt can be difficult, but please come and find us on Instagram. Our handle is free and figuring it out and drop us a DM. We really want to hear about your relationship with money and what the podcast has got you thinking about. Now back to the rest of the episode. Yeah, I absolutely agree that, you know, I didn't come from a household that spoke about money and I don't think as a yeah, as someone who lives in Britain I don't think also we are very open about having conversations and the quote you read up before Verity like for me I definitely think there was a point where I truly believe that my earning potential was being limited and I absolutely was a um had examples of the pay gap but we don't talk about salaries to know that yeah. it was actually only when leaving a job that I realized what someone else on my team was on and that's when I really started to question actually yeah I probably had been um suffering in that role and had been underpaid and that if you are stuck in that level that that can be an issue why you are in debt like there is proper reasons why if you are only earning a certain amount so if you are someone who does feel as if like you are being limited in terms of your earning because you're a woman or because you are black Asian minority ethnic what advice do you have around trying to actually like ask for a pay rise or when you move into a new position making sure you are really earning what you should be earning I mean I'm I'm all for this whole earning what you're um, like you're worth but there's also a difference when it's just actually what it's just fair this is just like everyone should be paid the same amount for the same job yeah that's how I think you know because I just know as a human being as, as just me Selena regardless of gender regardless of kind of ethnic backgrounds um you know if someone's doing the same job hands down, we need to be being paid the exact same. Um, That's how I feel about it. That's how I view it, because I don't feel like I am. And I guess there's there's wider conversations around, you know, being being British and being from a Caribbean background. And this is probably not the time, but just that that feeling of of lack. I, I don't want to exist in that space what for whatever reason if that makes sense I'm I, I des- I'm deserving of what I'm deserving of um I'm not gonna put myself down because I'm of a different you know ethnic background or because I'm a, of a different gender to anybody that's my stance on it uh, on, on 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 kind of like the pay gap conversation um in terms of hints and tips I would say keep a brag file so if you are in an existing workplace um keep notes those times where you have had positive feedback from you know your boss or maybe from potential customers 
keep keep a file of that record that for yourself that time where you've gone maybe above and beyond and led a project um and brought in like you know ten thousand pounds more per month for the business or, or whatever the whatever the return is the roi is on, on, on what you've done and the impact that you've had keep a note of that because you know in this some, in some organizations you won't have a formal um kind of appraisal process and some maybe it happens once a year if it does happen at all so you know trying to remember how successful you've been and the great things that you've done over the past year can be quite <laughs> quite a task um so keep a note of it as it happens and um also do that research piece as well research speak to colleagues and if you have to speak to colleagues on the down low you know in on a in a hush hush way do it you know have have those salary conversations that we unfortunately unfortunately in the UK and probably globally um you know sometimes salary conversations or not having those salary conversations are written into contracts and, and so on and so forth so um, be mindful of that but equally if you've got any allies um within the organization that you can speak to have, have those conversations and um yeah just have your backup as, as to your reasons why essentially um you want to have that pay rise uh, or you deserve that pay rise I'm really glad you mentioned the fact about um, people having now in their contracts, though, because actually the last few jobs I had all had clauses around not being able to discuss your yeah. salary. And it's interesting because I had got to the point through all the work that I do with Propel Her where I'd really been like, I am fighting every single role I'm going for now. I'm, I'm making sure I'm getting paid what I want to be making. I was like, I'm not helping other women to really own it and then not doing that myself. But I was like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm being put in a position where I'm not actually able to have the conversations I need to have with other people and it's reinforcing that one of the reasons why I definitely do believe there is like there is gender pay gap is because women just actually aren't half the time aware of what like someone else would be paying as I said the real bad experience I had um in the beginning like quite early on in my career was only when I left and so I was only conscious but then like I need to be making sure I like I'm comparing myself but if you aren't then allowed to do it and someone like me that's like a proper rule follower I found it really difficult and I think actually I don't understand why we're allowing companies to get away with actually mm-hmm. reinforcing and, and one of the last companies I worked for they even had their gender pay report on their website that proved I know it's it so but yeah. like they proved that it wasn't equal. So I knew I was going for a job at a company that was known for not paying women properly, but I wasn't allowed to talk about my salary. Yeah, it's just so, it's like that, is it virtual signal, signaling? Is that what it's called? Where, you know, yeah. you kind of put up put up a post, um, you know, when what happened with George Floyd happened and, you know, at the same time you, you talk about it, you talk about, you know, changing boards and you know making it equal but you're not doing anything about it um so yeah so that's why I guess unfortunately that's why we have to have those you know hush hush conversations amongst ourselves just to just to you know be sure that we are um kind of aware of what's going on um and then yeah kind of asking for it and you don't have to say well I know someone within this organization um is is getting paid this this amount um but equally as well, I think there is a piece of legislation going through the courts, and I forget what it's called, around um, allowing people to ask when they feel like there's some discrepancy in pay, allowing people. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it will go through and um, we'll be able to have open conversations around this. But um, until then, I mean, we've got to do what we've got to do, really. Well, another great <laughs> another great resource, particularly if you're someone who's applying for big companies, um, is Glassdoor, because they yeah. allow people mm-hmm. to anonymously put their role and their salary. It's normally for people that are going for like bigger companies that you might find someone listed. But if if that's the only place it's always I always think it's a good place to start to start to see what other people are being paid for that role yeah Glassdoor LinkedIn mm-hmm. even sign up to a recruitment agency and just you know just, just see what the going rate is for the role potentially um yeah because I, I just I do feel like it has such such an impact you know we, we see that we see the impact so much further down the line so when we look at pensions um data uh between men and women um you know it's shocking also when you know even when you bring in you know um like race and background again it's shocking in terms of pensions wealth as well and um so yeah we and, and that's 
for me, Black Girl Finance, the platform and, and so on and so forth, it's like a rallying cry so that we can do something ourselves individ- individually. Um, but also it, it is to kind of highlight to, you know, these big companies and businesses as well and, and government as well that you know something needs to be done although they know something needs to be done but they need to stop dragging their heels um about it as well so yes yeah, something really does need to be done because I think the pay gap is it has so many implications like I always say it's easy to think just the salary right now and like we're talking about it yeah. obviously impacts people getting to debt if you've got a low income in the beginning it's going to make it easy for you to get in debt but actually every single pound less you're getting paid does impact yeah. what you put in your pension yeah. it yeah, impacts absolutely. what you get times four when you're going for your mortgage like it actually has so many other implications rather than just using yeah. purely this is just what I'm getting paid today and this is what I'm going to get at the end of the month um, yeah it lives on a lot absolutely. longer yeah, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. So that pensions example, often, you know, particularly for employee employee pensions, you know, you're asked, you know, what percentage do you want to put in? It's done on the percentage. If you're earning less, you're putting in less, yeah. um, you know, and it has that long term impact. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, mortgages as well. So we need to start, you know, even if we have to do it quietly, we need to start having those conversations. Well, a couple of things. First, I didn't know that that was a thing in contracts. Um, I think it's because I'm much more of a ask for for, for forgiveness rather than permission type of girl. So maybe <laughs> I've broken some clauses in my uh, past. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's absolutely shocking, terrible. Um, I love the brag files, Lena. That is, I've written that down. We need a t-shirt with that on. I have a brag file. <laughs> it's something someone told me to do in my job in London. I called it wins and it was a... Uh, yeah. folder in my inbox and any any anything where someone was like oh thanks for the great work Verity mm-hmm. whatever I just pop that email into that wins file because again as women I think sometimes we remember all the mistakes we've made and forget all the incredible work that we've done absolutely yeah. that's such a good point we do we do we're so hard on ourselves sometimes yeah. we need to not be we need to be celebrating and highlighting those wins um yeah. yeah I'm always recommending to people mine was called Cheryl you are a superstar amazing <laughs> <So> yes <laughs> Love it. because actually I think it's for me I use it um for helping people it's particularly like with self-esteem when you're trying to like push yourself if you're about to go for that next challenge you're trying to step up I'm like just go back and remember all the things you've done that are great as you're trying mm-hmm. to move forward out your comfort zone so yeah if you haven't got one of those files and some description they're definitely worthwhile having yeah mm. it, it really does it really motivates you like for me last year when I was you know just working on Black Girl Finance and got the book deal and all of that I've got my diary things noting down things that have happened and just highlighting it so that's something I can look back on and be like you know Selena you did that you know and anytime that I feel unconfident yeah. or not conf- not as confident as I should you know I can look back and be like okay this has happened and you did that during a pandemic as well yeah exactly as well <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah um, some, something that came up then which is just if we could just go into that just for a minute so we've obviously talked about um you know how uh, black women are for you know one in five are raised in persistent poverty and even if if they aren't there's this systematic systematic inequalities um I myself was 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 raised in a working class environment what I want to ask is so there's we're all trying to get to places of amazing leadership so we're trying to get on boards and um, both as women um, and as black women and women from other um, ethnic minorities um the, the the problem that I found was I because I was raised in a an environment where money wasn't a thing and it wasn't spoke about when I then earn a decent amount when I hit like a 50k salary I went crazy because I didn't know what to do with it and that's why I got into debt so any advice for any women there that are very ambitious you know they they started off in a challenging situation but they are really taking hold of their life and getting to amazing positions in companies or with their own businesses but now they're like I haven't been taught how to deal with money like what do I do so any sort of tips around that it's really interesting that you said this because um I did the wow festival I did a workshop around money mindset um yeah uh, how to reset your money mindset just a few days ago and literally what you've just said is 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 just life basically obviously we we um 
we work really hard to get to these important places or to you know earn certain incomes um and we need but we do need to handle that that money when we get to these places basically and that was the whole the the first half of the workshop was around setting your own financial benchmarks because and it talks about all of the kind of baggage and, and it, we went through a process of identifying those money messages that we learn when we're very young whether that's based on um I talk a lot about culture so cultural kind of aspects um but and, and the whole point of that exercise was to get people thinking about what they want to achieve not what maybe society has set for them or their background has, has decided they should you know the levels that they should have so um, that was the first half of the um, event. And then the second half was around, OK, once you've reached that level that you want, how do you manage your money? And it goes back to good financial literacy, basically, and mm -hmm. just, you know, learning and finding out, you know, if there's an area of finances that you're unsure about, um, being comfortable with, you know, you don't have to necessarily speak to someone about it. Um, although I'm a big encourager of, you know, having con open conversations around money. Um, and one of the first things I used to say to people uh, during coaching was, you know, do you know anyone that's really good at, at doing something that you want to be really good at? And why not just have a chat with them? Um, because, yeah, they may know something that you don't know or be able to give you some, some help and advice in that way. But equally, you know, being comfortable with maybe just reading a book about it or, you know, listen to a, a podcast episode about it like this. You know, we've, we've had quite clear conversations around strategy, around debt, you know, paying down debt. Um, but I, I do feel like just seeking out those information around those areas that you are maybe struggling with is, is a good place to start. Um and, and kind of just understanding where you may be falling short somewhere, if that makes sense. If you're not really good at budgeting, there's loads of budgeting trackers online and lots of people that talk about budgeting. If you're not very good at saving, you know, if you are following me on Instagram, I'm every single month, I'm like, pay yourself first, you know, put away 10%, 20%. That, that's my big thing because, and I guess that that's born out of the fact that for me, the biggest transformation in my finances was me building up that habit of actually I've worked really hard you know sometimes you'd be I'd be, be at work and be really really stressed you know really stressed really really stressed out about it but you know equally at the end of the month or once I've been paid all of that money's gone there's none for myself mm. um it, it just didn't seem fair so I'm a big advocate of kind of like paying yourself first um but to your question you know just just looking for the information once you once you've identified where you may be struggling financially just being okay with finding out more um yeah yeah sort of educating ourselves and you know just just acknowledging the fact that we did not get that education in childhood yeah. and and taking that step to educate ourselves so we can yeah. feel empowered by that money that we've we're so deserving of them being yeah. like oh my gosh there's too much money I need to spend it because I've never had this much money sort of yeah thing, or, <laughs> you know so uh yeah okay really really great stuff and I know we've been through some techniques of, of paying off debt and we've talked about mindset and things like that so if anyone's listened to this episode and they're sat there and they're like right I'm in debt what are the first few steps, the small steps that they could take to just start getting some sort of plan of action, some control? Like, what would what would you say to any women listening and, and feeling like that? Yeah, um, just look at the numbers. So sit down, write out write out a list, and just look at it. Just kind of, and it's for any area of, of, of money management as well. So whether that's you know you want to start saving or you want to start investing um think about your pensions um it's just like knowing your numbers knowing where to begin or where where you are at and just being okay with it don't do it and, and get upset with yourself because you know all of the things that you've done to get you to this position in the first place there's nothing you can do you can't go back and change it it just is it's just it's just is it is what it is and that's okay um so just you know don't be hard on yourself look at the numbers and if you are at that level whereby like like you're at risk of potentially kind of your 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 home or your home situation etc get help definitely get help in those scenarios if you are you know in debt but okay you know um you know not in any immediate danger um not in any immediate threat again look at the look at the numbers um i think budgeting comes into it because it allows you to kind of it highlights some areas 
where you know we, we live in a time whereby you can easily set up a free trial for something and then it just rolls on monthly you know so you can set something up from last year that seemed like the, the must-have thing at the time but this year now it, you might not need it so it allows you just to see areas whereby you, you can make some savings and again you know if you can make an, a saving in, in, in a small area you know cut off one direct debit perhaps you can then put that money towards paying off your a bit more towards your debt whatever strategy you choose and then equally you know if there are areas whereby you can um raise some extra money do an extra side hustle again that can be focused towards your debt but i guess knowing your numbers knowing knowing the actual situation um and sometimes you may look at the numbers and actually realize actually although it feels bad because I, i've got this debt my financial situation overall is not as bad as it actually is you know and, and that's what that's often what happens in calls as well sometimes I'll speak to somebody and you know they're feeling really and I always ask you know what level how do you feel in terms of your, your finances you know what on a scale how, how are you feeling sometimes they'll say you know two or one and when you actually go through the numbers and go through the figures you know I'm like uh, you shouldn't really be feeling like a two or one because you're actually okay <laughs> um, so again, that's why it's important to actually just take stock and look at the numbers and just be just be honest with yourself, be real with yourself, not so that you can beat yourself up and tell yourself how terrible you are, but it's just to know, just to just, just know what, what's going on, basically. Hmm. Definitely. Um, lots of juicy kind of stuff there for women to just sort of sit and think about. And I think, like you said, my hardest thing was looking at the numbers because yeah. it's so scary. And I think yeah. once you've done that, it's like you've ripped that plaster off and you're like, yeah. okay, let's, let's take the next step. And it, it is like you said about, I think, I think the thing is the way I used to see it is I need to earn like 3000 pound a month more so I can pay off this big chunk. And actually it's all those tiny little things. Yeah. If we can just start with that, it helps, you know, I had a subscription to a, a dance lady on YouTube and it was three pound a month, which is nothing, but that three pound a month can go to pay, you know, and it's, it's just trying to chip away, isn't it? I think. Yeah. And, um, so some really, really great advice there. So um, before we let you go, Selena, we've got some quick fire round questions for you, if that's OK. Yeah, fine. Even though sometimes they don't, they're not quite quick fire, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> so, um, so I'll start. Um, what is the definition of free to you? when you say free is that in the financial sense or the work sense or both in what whatever sense comes to me it is okay <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i think i think free for me and i guess it's something that i've learned over the past three years is not boxing myself in um and i was i really was thinking about this before this call um you know not boxing yourself in because i think sometimes Maybe it's because society can, you know, wants to put us into these neat boxes to to help with kind of interacting with us. Um, but I feel like this past three years of creating Black Girl Finance and, you know, you know I, I, I tell myself I'm shy. I used to tell myself I'm shy because I used to be shy. But um, mm. as the years have gone by um, and, and having to talk more about the book or having to talk more about you know money mindsets and finances you know I've gone from um constantly feeling like you know I'm really I'm really shy and maybe I'm a bit of both it depends on the scenario but just um this past three years has taught me not to box myself in like like my background in terms of what I studied was sciences so again you can feel like oh I'm not creative or I used to feel like I'm not creative but then equally you know I've written a whole book um around just uh, just writing that whole process you need to be creative to to write um also you know birth in the podcast as well being able to talk to people have loads of conversations with them again it, you know starting that whole process there was a bit of anxiety around okay how will I sound so and so on and so forth um and perhaps thinking you know you're not a podcaster type thing but um so yeah just freedom to me just means not boxing myself in and not being so rigid in terms of kind of what you tell yourself you can do um mm. yeah okay yeah maybe removing those labels a bit you know and, and yeah. sort of yeah I've, I definitely know where you're coming from there thank you and what is your favorite thing to do on your own 
dancing. I like to put on some music and just dance. I don't do it enough. I need. I just remember being younger and really, you know, when you have CDs and you know having loads of CDs, going to the shop and buy, you know, and um, is it HMV was mm-hmm. a thing? <laughs> going to HMV, <laughs> buying your CDs, having a CD player. I don't think we don't even have one in the house anymore. But yeah, just listen. I, whenever I listen to music, when I remind myself to do it, or when I do it, and you know, it, hearing a good song um, is is always good. So yeah, I, I like to even when I get in my car sometimes and the the um, the Spotify plays some random tunes that you've not thought of or listened to in a while. It just feels so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I really like music. Dancing to music alone by myself in the house is great or in the car jamming and singing along as I drive is always good. Yeah, me and Sherelle are both big dancers. Maybe Sherelle a bit more professional than me. I'm more in my kitchen, kind of, you know, I have my AirPods in and then my flatmates come in and I'm scared because I don't see them doing anything because I'm just dancing away. Um, okay, Selena, what is your best piece of advice for millennial women? Oh, sorry, notifications going off. Um, definitely just... <sighs> just just go for what you want you know just go for it try it if it fails it's okay learn the lessons from it um again back to my last piece about being boxed in and so on and so forth yeah get rid of the labels try it try it you know and if if things go wrong just learn the lessons basically cool yeah and which resources it could be a book documentary podcast anything are you always recommending because I deal with money, there's a website um, and everyone wants to know about investing. I love the Boring Money website. It's great um, website. Yeah, I just love it. I just feel like it's just the whole ethos of it, you know, demystifying the whole kind of money jargon and so on and so forth is great. So it, it's my go to maybe check out this website <laughs> whenever I'm having conversations <laughs> with people just to, to get going and started and, and learning around um, particularly investing. Cool. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. And final question for you. What are you still trying to figure out? Oh, goodness. I saw this earlier and I was thinking, what am I trying to figure out? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't have an answer. I know it's free and figuring it out, but I really don't have an answer. Once I've figured it out, I'll let you know. Oh, that'd be great. No. <laughs> there's always things that you you kind of and I'm I'm always thinking about stuff you know you're always kind of pondering um when Mm. things happen so uh, yeah it's just ever evolving the things that I'm trying to figure out (laughs) no worries I mean we yeah we ask ourselves a question every week and it's sometimes super (laughs) small and sometimes massively big so yeah we are always trying to figure things out but thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been so lovely to talk to you and I'm sure all the women listening anyone who's in debt has probably found this super useful so if anyone wants to find out more about you what is the best way they can get in touch and find out more yeah so you can catch me on instagram it's no it's not www that's the website (laughs) it's it's at black girl finance uk there's also the website www.blackgirlfinance.co.uk um completely accessible so you can send me a dm i may say okay you know email me um and then we can arrange a call but yeah i'd really love to help and, and just support and encourage women so yeah do reach out to me um in the dms if you want to <laughs> amazing well we'll Thank put you. a link to all of those in the show notes so that everyone can get in touch with you and like thank you so much again for coming on the podcast it has been so lovely to have you and that is it for today so thank you so much selena Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.